Hi, readers. I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines, those swashbuckling ladies who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending. Want to see what's next on our TBR list? Subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at upcoming content or to help us pick our next book. We're going to start this off with aggressive staring. <laughs> yes. We have very strong feelings about this book. Yeah. This book being... Romancing Mr. Bridgerton by Julia Quinn. Now, this is the fourth book in the Bridgerton series. Um, oh, it's the fourth one? Yes. Mm-hmm. So the Netflix show is doing the books slightly out of order. Mm-hmm. So we picked Romancing Mr. Bridgerton to line up with the premiere of the third season, mm-hmm. which is Penelope and Colin's story. Yeah, what is their ship name? Because it's something like stupid sounding. Oh, pollen. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, so it's stupid. Dumb. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, pollen. <laughs> it's almost as dumb as this book. Yeah, yeah, and it's annoying too. Because have you seen the um like teaser pictures from season three? No, <gasps> girl, they're. They're visually, like, aesthetically, like, perfect. Like, look them up. Real reveal. It's worth it. They're so pretty. Just right off the bat, you and I both didn't like this book. No. But I feel like this book translates really well to the screen. Yep. Yep. That's the whole time I was, like, thinking about this. And it's hard because this was published before they picked up Bridgerton, right? Oh, yeah. Many, yeah. many years ago. Because it, it felt like it was written like a play. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a lot of dialogue, but, like, unnecessarily. Yeah, it's written kind of like a screenplay, mm-hmm. like an outline. And that's... a. Not all of her books, but a lot mm. of them. Yeah. Interesting. I like Julia Quinn. I've read. <laughs> that was such a like. <laughs> Jordan is absolutely going to savage Julia Quinn no, right now. No, I'm not. Because, <laughs> so here, here's what Julia Quinn has going for her. She has a very delightful writing style. So she has a way. She has a great turn of phrase. I would like. I put it in our notes, which is like her writing style reminds me of like a mimosa. It's sweet, but not sickeningly sweet. Aww. And it's like sharp and smart. And it's kind of fun. You can keep going back for more. Um, but this book is problematic because one, not a lot happens. And I don't think the characters have a lot of chemistry. Mm-hmm. So as a representation of Julia Quinn's broader work, I wouldn't start here. This is mm. not the book I would give to anyone to be like, oh, you like Julia Quinn or you like Regency romance novels? Try this book. Mm-hmm. Which is one that you would if you're going to start into Julia oh, Quinn? I would not any of the first books that have already been made into a series. Um, mm. So an offer from a gentleman. Maybe it's because I have a soft spot in my heart for this book because it's the first book I read by her. Oh, okay. But it's a Cinderella story Aww. and it's Benedict's story. Aw, I love Benedict. He's like the cute, like, yeah. Well, <laughs> and that story is also has a way more plot going on. There's mm. many external factors kind of keeping the hero and heroine apart because mm. it's a Cinderella story. It's just there's more going on. Mm-hmm. But also, if you want to dabble in Regency romance, there are two anthologies that live in the Bridgerton universe mm. called The Further Observations of Lady Whistledown mm. and um, Lady Whistledown Strikes Back. And there's <laughs> yep. the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Pretty Sorry. much. So there's four short novellas oh. in those two anthologies. And it's written. So Julia Quinn, Susan Enoch, Mia Ryan, all like very standard names in Regency romance. Hmm. So if you like it, but don't have the attention span for a full length, try those. That's fair. Because I barely had the attention oh, span yeah, for this. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, the first one, uh, Daphne's story, I read the book of that and it was like, oh, okay the 
series is so much better like on netflix because there's more going on Mm because the book was just like okay they're together (laughs) yeah and like a preface dear readers is oh that was okay (laughs) (laughs) that was awesome uh so we're gonna have a lot of commentary on this book before we get into the synopsis Mm -hmm. because we have a lot of opinions (laughs) about what happened here and i think we just need to kind of word vomit it all out and then we'll kind of break down what actually happens in the story. So kind of if you don't like the commentary or you haven't read the book, we'll put a note in the show notes for the, I guess, the point in our recording where you can skip to if you just want to listen to what the story's about. Mm-hmm. But for now, we have some bitching. <laughs> I got some beef. <laughs> yeah. Because I, so I'd be interested to hear your perspective on this, but so I'm rewatching all of the Harry Potter movies right now. And we are actually like just paused on the scene in the fifth, which no the half-blood prince so that's the sixth one mm-hmm. um where ron gets dosed with a love potion from uh ramil devane and he's like oh, i love her like i've never met her before but i'm in love with her and that's how colin feels randomly like the first like 25 percent of this book he's like eh, yeah it's penelope she's my friend but like yeah and then all of a sudden he's like obsessed with he starts like looking at her in a new light which is how like she puts it in the book yeah and it was just like very like random yeah so Uh, that's that was exactly my takeaway and that's kind of there's no chemistry between the two of them mm -mm. so this is firmly a friends to lovers romance Mm -hmm. which you can do really well and this book doesn't and i think it's partially because i think penelope deserves better than colin yeah like she's smart she like maintains this alternate identity and a successful business for 11 years oh i cannot keep it inside the fact that she told or he found out that she is lady whistledown and his immediate response 0.25 seconds later was that he was jealous because he didn't have anything equivalent and Uh then he like took it out on her like what the fuck Uh i'm so mad yes like shaking (laughs) so and the fact (sighs) fact that she's kind of talking down to him not in a mean way but the whole time but she's like she's always one step ahead of colin yeah like like, very condescending like yeah like you Eh, one you shouldn't be talking like that to someone you love yeah. um but also she needs to be challenged and yeah. colin is not a challenge no he's like the puppy dog like hey, I'm just he's here. the golden retriever have you seen <laughs> that like if the, <laughs> the yep. golden retriever husband yep yeah <laughs> that's colin <laughs> yeah and the thing is i like colin as a character mm-hmm. because you so rarely get the good guy the yeah ne- like the sweet funny charming handsome not a bad bone in his body is mm-hmm. pretty much kind to everyone that's a good person. And that's the kind of person you would actually meet in real life. And yeah. like yeah. a lot of these anti-hero types that are dark and brooding and mysterious, like you don't like them if they're no. real people. They're like douchebags in real yeah, life. Yeah, you're, you're like, like no, fuck that guy. Like, <laughs> I don't care how hot you <laughs> fuck are. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because like Colin, though, I will say, and I feel like it kind of points more to Shonda Rhimes, just like goddess level abilities that i think she kind of portrayed colin in the like a little bit moody like a little bit almost self-centered during his whole movie arc show arc with um Mm -hmm. the chick who oh yeah the cousin the featherington cousin yeah what was her name um i have no idea um the one that got pregnant because he had a little bit of like stuffy like dick like yeah full of himself moments and then had his old like depression like but like 
I know. Moody temper tantrum part. I'm curious to see how the show's going to treat this because Mm -hmm. in the book, there's like an 11 year, 12 year gap. Yeah. So Penelope first meets Colin. And I think this is true of the show. Like Colin is in his early 20s, which is kind of tracks for his behavior with the cousin. Yeah, that's true. But like he's supposed to be 33 in the book. Like he does not Mm -hmm. act. No. Mm -mm. No. He acts like a man child. Yeah. Like a whiny. like, why can't I have everything? Yeah, <laughs> that is 100% because the first half he's like decent and then it just goes downhill and he's like whiny the whole time. Yeah, I just. OK, but from a <laughs> from a heroine perspective. Yeah, I like Penelope. I do, too. And I liked her more. I, I think I tried to read this book years ago and mm-hmm. I don't think I finished it. Mm. And I don't think I liked Penelope as much. But as an older reader, yeah. she's very mature. She. She doesn't react emotionally. Mm-hmm. Rarely, I don't. I don't think I recall a scene that she does that. And she's not resentful, despite how she's been treated. Yeah, just kind of accepting of the world. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's definitely has gone through. I think what everyone has gone through when they maybe had like a really rough like middle school, high school experience where they weren't the pretty girl, they weren't popular, they were like maybe didn't know how to talk to people really. But then she had this very mature kind of like grow up where she's now 28 in this book and she's just kind of like okay with everything. She's like, I understand that's something that happened and I still feel a little bit bitter about it sometimes. And there's people that I like will never be okay with, but like I'm okay with who I am as a person. Like I know I have some like good traits and like I respect those and value those, but you know, I'm not like she's the bell of the ball but that's fine she's not crippled with insecurity which you get a lot of the time with a character arc like hers which is like she was ridiculed and like the lesser sister and Mm -hmm. yeah but she's she's not dwelling on those aspects as Mm -hmm. an adult which is super refreshing from this character perspective i did like how she was an actual realistic character like because mm-hmm. you hit that like 27 28 age range and you're like okay yeah i'm a person i get like, life a little bit more yeah. like i'm not always stuck thinking about these insignificant things or or what what do other people think of me mm-hmm. yeah she even talks about that in the story she's like i'm kind of okay with being a spinster because i don't have to stand the whole time and pretend like i don't want to dance but nobody's asking me and i can just like sit down and like talk to people and like eat snacks <laughs> yeah i love that line where she's like oh i can finally eat at the balls and I'm yep. like, yeah vibe <laughs> there was So there's a quote that I pulled from the book that I'm not quite sure how, like, what my take is on this, Mm -hmm. this quote. And it is, there was nothing more depressing than an ugly girl with no personality. I, like, I also don't love how this book has not a lot of it, but a little bit. Like, the girl-on-girl violence is the Mm -hmm. only way I can, like quantify it. But, like, does anyone not have no, that was not English, but... Are there people that don't have any personality or like the semblance of personality? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. so I would equate it to you have an introvert and an extrovert Mm -hmm. at a party. Mm -hmm. And let's say your introvert is exceptionally plain Mm -hmm. and your extrovert is like average looking, but very charismatic and Mm -hmm. has the whiz. (laughs) (laughs) Did I say it? (laughs) I mean, yeah, but that was awesome. Not at all. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> it's got riz. Oh. oh, that was awesome. I mean, I'm like invigorated. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of like the the whole theory that, you know, it doesn't matter what you look like. Confidence mm-hmm. will carry you everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what that speaks to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's just kind of one of those very sad truths that no one really wants to acknowledge. Yeah. So seeing it written is kind of tough. Yeah. But I could see that. And it, it could be too, I don't, my brain just crashed, but I feel like that's also kind of Penelope's experience though, like through, you know, off book, like not in this one, that she just is the wallflower and like she's nervous about talking to people. So it seems like she doesn't really have any personality. Like, so it's like, and she is depressed, like, and nobody really talks to her. And she's just like, this is my life. It's true. It's so sad. It's sad. But <laughs> it makes me wonder how many people view themselves that way, mm. but aren't necessarily perceived that way. I could see that. I think that's a lot. Because I think most people are harder on themselves than other people are. Mm -hmm. And so they probably like a little bit kind of associate with that sentence but it just makes me sad because like everybody just has their own like vibes that they're going you know yeah but as a reader though if that is something that you really relate to because mm -hmm. i think we all look for heroines or, or heroes in our books that we want to read about and that we can relate in some way to and i i find myself leaning more towards like the downtrodden heroine mm -hmm. who has some sort of like internal conflict crisis of self and that aspect right there that like sense of insecurity with like who you are and where you fit in the world appeals to a lot of people mm -hmm. so if you need like a jumping off point into this genre of books this is not a bad one to start with yeah i could see that because um so sarah j moss her like throne of glass series that was kind of the thing i had difficulty like kind of like seeing myself in aelin because she's characterized as really beautiful she's like super funny super smart snarky athletic men love her like, yeah. yeah so it's like i'm not like that like, yeah like why do i want to read about <laughs> I got that social anxiety girl like <laughs> yeah and that's why i think the success of Feyre, mm. which is funny too because even Feyre, like she's described as beautiful like is maybe a little bit like gruffer but she also you know makes friends in every kingdom that she goes to so it's just nice having like penelope that's like nope this is just this is who i am <laughs> it, it kind of speaks to like across genres the women are always beautiful yeah. no matter what it's either the men think they're beautiful but they don't think they're beautiful or yeah. they're just beautiful yeah I'm tired of reading about beautiful people. I know. And that seems weird to say, but like, I'm kind of fucking annoyed by that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And so that's a major trope in like Regency romance mm. novels is the plain spinster who is sits on the shelf for years but until one suddenly one day a man looks at her with new eyes and sees Ugh. that she's really beautiful. See, I think this could have been better if Penelope just became a little bit more comfortable with who she is. And then she like kind of let her snarkiness show and then it was less like saw her with new eyes, but like Colin was like, oh shit, she's like kind of funny and like, smart. <laughs> yeah. Well, they kind of hint at that a little bit with yeah. Penelope being able to pick her own clothes and not being dressed like an overripe, overripe citrus fruit, I yeah. believe is the comparison. Which is even more sad when you realize that she wrote that about herself, but she still like is really triggered by that. Like that's. That's sad. I, but I love the line because her she's like uh, recollecting her what her mom says to her. Yellow is a happy color. Happy girls wear yellow or something like that. <laughs> and like, I'm not very happy. I'm like, I can relate to that so much because I love yellow. Yellow is my favorite color because it's a happy color, but I would never dress myself in yellow. No. No. Mm -hmm. There are very few people who look good in yellow, but the people who do, it's like, oh, stunning. Um, our lovely guest speaker, Rob. His beautiful wife looks stunning in yellow. I can it's see that. It's not fair. Oh, man. 
I wish. Uh-huh. Because I put on like yellow, pink, or red, and it's like my skin is also that color then. So it's great. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But orange. Yeah. Can you wear orange? Some shades of orange. Because hmm. um, I have like neutral skin coloring. So like colors just look mid on me, but like all colors do. So like <laughs> I can do like a creamy orange maybe, but like. Hmm. Like a creamsicle. Uh, not that color. <laughs> More the like brick orange, okay. you know. <laughs> I think I'm in autumn, but I'm not sure. Maybe a summer. If you're curious about your what is it, your season yeah. seasonal color palette, that's the thing that Katie taught me about. Readers, yeah. um, uh, if you can't find yours, you're gonna have an existential crisis because um, that's where I'm sitting. So welcome oh, to the no. club. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Penelope looks great in blues and greens and mm-hmm. soft, cool colors. That makes sense. Because you had another note on here. Um, Her physical description is like a little bit different because she's kind of described like more brown auburn hair, maybe. Yeah. It's like red tinged brown. It's yeah. like, OK, it looks brown, but then the sun hits it and it has some like nice red, like kind of like your hair. A I bit. can see that. Yeah. I got some red hues. Um, It's the Irish wheels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in the show, she's like a redhead, redhead. Yeah. And she has green eyes in or blue show. eyes. Yeah. yeah. And she's got brown eyes in, in the book. She, mm-hmm. She's also got like a younger sister in the book. Yeah. Not Felicity. A, yeah. Who just has really no role except to be a younger sister and be like a plot device. Yeah. And be like beautiful and popular. Just right. Kind of like as a foil for Penelope because she needs more of that. Yeah. It's like we had the two older sisters too. Yeah. Because yeah. that was weird because one of the sisters got married to Nigel Burbuck. Uh, the guy that the Duke of Hastings punched in the uh-huh. garden. So that was kind of fun. Like, so oh. Nigel in the in the series in the like TV series is not really the asshole in the books. Yeah, that was confusing. He's kind of like a simpleton. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like a nice, goofy kind of sweet dude. Yeah, because in the Netflix series, he's like menacing almost yeah. like, in a like not really threatening yeah. way but. yeah and like a frustrating like uh-huh. get the fuck out of here man <laughs> and then also you get a little peek into eloise's character in this book um i will say i'm sorry to destroy any hopes and dreams because mm-hmm. i know eloise is like a beloved character in the show too mm-hmm. her book sucks that's depresso it's just okay so her book is called to sir philip with love Mm. oh yes oh uh yeah and do you remember sir philip from the show yeah do you remember who he marries yeah oh yeah so brain so the chick that colin was in love with and tried to marry and was bamboozled into it she married sir philip but then eloise is writing letters to sir philip because fuck (laughs) um well in the book so this is major spoilers for anyone, I, just yeah. so you know. His wife is dead. She dies in childbirth. Oh, shit. Or something like that. Yeah. Um. So it's just, I think he's got a kid or something in the actual book. And then Francesca has her own book as well. I Yeah, because there's mentions of her in this. She's like a countess in like Scotland yeah. or something. Uh, her, again, her story is kind of uh, less than mm-hmm. stellar. Um. She's got a, so she's a, a widow. Uh, yeah, because mm-hmm. in the book, it talks about how her like husband died after two years. Like, that's fucking sad because yeah. she's probably like, what, like 
21 now. very, very young. (laughs) That's sad. Yeah, honestly, I can't think of... Oh, actually, I can. So there are two standout books in the Bridgerton realm, Mm -hmm. On the Way to the Wedding, which is one of her more recent books. Mm. That's Gregory's story. Oh. It's super cute. Because, like, in the series, Gregory doesn't even have a a personality. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a person. (laughs) Yeah. On the Way to the Wedding is super cute and an offer from a gentleman. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Good starts. Yeah. Yeah. So I think... In general, our take on Romancing Mr. Bridgerton is that it's going to do better as a show movie because of the way, like the style. Like you said, it's dialogue driven. The main plot is whistle down and Mm -hmm. two balls. Yeah. That's it. That's all that really happens. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of like substance. No. And like you can have substance in, in like a dialogue driven book with lots of emotions and angst and everything, but that's not here. Mm -mm. It's just like they don't love each other. They love each other. Yeah. The end. <laughs> that's the book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just, yeah, anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Sad. Do she- we want to talk about our similar books before we go into... Uh, that's fair. Um, These are all yours because you are the queen of Regency, so... Uh, uh, go away. Okay. I will That's be... the wrong phrase. Not <laughs> go, go away. away. <laughs> this is your house. Oh, um, <laughs> shoot away. What's what the fuck is that phrase? Uh, I have no idea. Bombs away. No, that's not it either. <laughs> don't we don't know what we're doing with our lives right now. Uh, fire away. Is yeah. That it? Yeah. Fire away. Fire away. Yeah. Fire away. <laughs> okay. Tired. So, um. Two books by the same author that are very, very similar, but way better. Mm. Uh, the first is called Devil in Winter mm. by Lisa Kleypas, also about a spinster who's a redhead who is in love with a dude who's not in love with her. Mm. And it's just their romance. And it's just a hundred times better. That's fair. Same vibes. Mm. The other book by Lisa Kleypas is called Suddenly You. And it's about a almost 30-year-old spinster Whoa. who's a novelist. <laughs> Sign me up. And then she tries to hire a male prostitute to... Carol, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, so... Basically, this is a fun book. She asks, she goes to like a brothel, <laughs> like a <laughs> like a late, like a very well-to-do courtesan or something mm-hmm. like that, and says, "Do you have any like friends who can help me out? Because I don't want to like be a thirty-year-old virgin." Aww. And so the very sweet, charming, like but worldly woman prostitute. Uh huh. What's a nice? What's a better word for that? I don't. I want to say "lady of the night," but that's also "lady not, of the night." We'll go no. with "lady." No, um, uh, I think a courtes- courtesan. 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 Well, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> She's got a friend who is not a male prostitute, but is like a lord, and oh. who's like a close friend who's just like hangs out and comes to the club. <laughs> hey, and he's like, she's like, hey, I got this, I got this chick. You should go swing by her house. <laughs> And so uh, he's like, okay, fine. And so he's he goes and knocks on this this novelist door, and she's like, oh, are you my? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> my soul would leave my body. Um, so yeah, that's a fun one. Oh so my god, if you like the whole like older spinster like writer aspect, mm-hmm. suddenly you. And then just to kind of throw out some other authors, if you're brand new to Regency Romance and want to like start dabbling in some good books, there's mm-hmm. another book called What I Did for a Duke mm. by Julianne Long, who is a more contemporary Regency Romance mm. novel novelist. 
Her books are very readable, very approachable to like modern audiences. That one's super cute. And then I'm just going to list a bunch of other authors that are all fantastic. These mm. are all people who know their shit in, in that genre. So Eloisa James is like the queen <laughs> of that genre. Oh, shit. She's a like a historian. Mm. Like, oh, oh. like her stuff is on point. Now, her writing style isn't exactly for me. I don't mm. I don't know that I've finished a lot of her books, but a lot of people love her. Mm. So a lot of people who like Julia Quinn always read Eloisa James. Mm. And then there is Sherry Thomas, Teresa Medeiros, Karen Robards, and Laura Kinsale hmm. are all great authors in that genre. Nice. I feel like um, I'm 100% going to read, was it Suddenly You? Is that the one that uh, the yeah, novelist is yeah, going on the TBR list right now? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that yeah. sounds fun. It it's delightful, and that author Lisa Claypes is probably one of my all time favorite authors. Mm. So she's yeah. just great. So yeah. anyway, I think she's come up on your like recommendations. Yeah, before. I've read all of her books. <laughs> she's got like thirty of them. That's a subtle flex. Okay, um, no, I wasn't trying to flex. I just said <laughs> she's got a lot of good books. <laughs> No, it was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> okay. Uh, that closes out like our commentary on mm -hmm. Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. And so we're going to kind of break here and then we will go into the actual story. Woo! We just got done saying that we don't even really want to talk <laughs> about what happens in the story. Yeah. It's just so mid. Because at least the one with Daphne's story, like, you read it and you're like, okay, like, I'm getting through this. Ew. This one was like, okay. You just, <laughs> there's no uncertainty. There's no conflict. There's no angst. Mm -mm. You, need, you need a little angst to make the happy ending more worthwhile. Yeah. And there's really none of that in here. Everything gets resolved super quickly. And it's not a short book. Mm -mm. No, it's like uh, 472 pages. Yeah, but like <laughs> I don't know. I killed it in a day. Yeah, I did too. So that's what I was confused by is like I was not really enjoying it, but I read the whole thing. So like I don't know what that means. I think it speaks to her writing style. Mm. It's just it flows. Mm -hmm. But also because it's so dialogue heavy, you can skim it yeah. really easily. That is true. Because there were some things that like Violet Bridgerton said that I like 100% just like, oh, oh yeah. Violet. Okay, next line. There are some scenes <laughs> in there that I just like, I don't know that I actually read that, but it's fine. Yeah. We got the main points. Yeah. Um, but we start out with Penelope and she's like age 16. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of to establish the groundwork of like, how does she meet Colin? Because again, this is a Regency romance novel. So the entirety of the plot is about hero, hero and heroine getting together. Mm -hmm. That's and it. it reads as a standalone. So if you like never really watched the other seasons or didn't enjoy them, like you could still read this book and like understand everything. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to have read. Yeah, you can just else. jump into this book. Mm -hmm. And that's true of any of the books in the Bridgerton series. So Penelope is out walking in Hyde Park with her mother and her sisters, and her bonnet is very loosely tied around her neck, and it flies off her head, and she watches it fly off into the distance <laughs> and smack right into the face of this gentleman on horseback, and somehow, like, this causes him to lose his balance, and he falls off his horse into a mud puddle. <laughs> This first scene was kind of funny. It's cute. Yeah. But it's also kind of sad because um, the way like Penelope talks about it, she's like really like upset, really frantic. And then she's like, oh, he's handsome. And he just like laughs it off and like he's fine with it. And like, oh, my God, I'm in love. But I feel like it was kind of that like hopeful start and then the sad like progression of where they don't fall in love. So it's just that like really happy, sad moment where you're like, it's bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you know that 
she ends up a spinster like yeah cool she's 16 so it's it's like girlish romance too so mm-hmm. she watches him fall off his horse into the mud he starts laughing he's super handsome and he's like this is colin and it's like he's 20 21 years mm-hmm. old maybe just vibing yeah he's like oh having a good time <laughs> golden retriever golden retriever voice and I, I threw a quote in here from the book, which is, the damage had already been done. Penelope had discovered a reason to dream, which, ugh, See, my this is God. why it's bittersweet. It's just so sad. Because even at 16, Penelope knows that, oh, she really likes this guy, but nothing is ever going to happen. Yeah. So there's like a an interaction between like the gentleman on horseback and the Bridgertons, because like the Bridgerton, Lady Bridgerton and mm-hmm. her daughters are walking in Hyde Park, and that's why they ended up stopping. And it's just, this is the first moment that they meet. Penelope falls in love. Colin does not. Mm-hmm. And then several years go by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because the next little tidbit is the year after, right? Yeah, she's 17. Oh, and yeah. this is when her mother, so I think girls typically made their, like, society debut at 18 Oh, okay. And so I think her mother is like, no, I need all of my girls in society ASAP. They all have to get married. And Mm -hmm. so she forces all three um, Featherington daughters into society, Mm -hmm. which is not great for Penelope when she's like still got baby fat going on. And she also has to wear the same hideous colors that her sisters do. Mm -hmm. Because I think this first bit really did hit hard because I think everyone's had like the unrequited love and like feeling uncomfortable in their own skin. So it was just a sad like culmination because even the way it's written is kind of fun. She's like, um, it was two days before my 16th birthday when I fell in love. And then the next bit, it was like two days after my 17th birthday when I realized like I'd never be with Colin or something or like I realized I was the wallflower. It was just a sad like a foil that I was like, I didn't need that. Like, I'm it's so crying now. <laughs> it's a really good setup. The yeah. start draws you in. You're like, oh, I really like this character. Like I can relate to this character. Mm-hmm. Like what happens to her? Not a whole lot. But as she makes her, like, debut in society, she ends up making friends with Eloise Mm -hmm. Bridgerton. And that's kind of the start of their friendship, which is super sweet, girl power, great, fun, awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it fast forwards a couple years, and then we get to the scene. This one rips your heart out, too. You can talk about this one. uh, So by some circumstances, I think Penelope is leaving, like, tea or something with the Bridgertons. She's, like, having a good time or whatever. And she kind of talks about how she's been at the Bridgerton house all the time because she's friends with Eloise. Miss Bridgerton, or Lady Bridgerton, Violet Bridgerton, like, loves her. They're all friends. She's leaving. And I feel like you can, like, visualize the scene. Like, everyone has... Everyone has had, like, a moment like this. Yeah. So she's walking down the hallway, and there's, like, a door slide open the three older Bridgerton brothers are in there Anthony Benedict and Colin and they're you know having boy time conversation and she can't really hear them she takes like a step forward kind of she knows she shouldn't be listening in but she does and all she hears is Colin very loudly proclaim um I would never marry Penelope Featherington and as soon as that happened, like Penelope, like accidentally makes a noise because like her heart is chattering into a million pieces and, you know, the door opens and they see her and everyone's really awkward. And she's like, I'm just going to go. Well, she has a brilliant. Um, <gasps> oh, rebuttal. yeah, she does, doesn't she? Yeah, she's like she pauses and she says, I never asked you to marry me. Oh, savage. And then she pauses and looks at him again. She's like, and I never told anyone that I wanted you to marry me. Uh-huh. And you can see Colin like. Uh. <laughs> which is so like i feel like everybody has wanted to have that like badass response to something mm-hmm. insulting but like 
girl, that was never me. Like, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to be sad now. This is fine. Yeah. I would have been like, I think I would have said, oh, and walked away. Like, I would not have been able to come up with anything in that moment. And it's sad, too, because, like, Anthony is like, oh, like, let me walk you home. Like, you know, I'm a gentleman. Like, you can't just walk by yourself. And she's like, it's right around the corner. And, like, I don't want to hang out with you because my heart's in a million pieces and I just want to go home and cry. And he's like, no, I insist. And they walk her home. And then she's like, I stepped through the front door and then I started crying. And I'm like, oh, my heart. Like, why did you have to? <laughs> oh, so this is like the great setup. And you're thinking that, oh, there's going to be this slow burn mm-hmm. build up romance. Like she's going to get her own in the end. It's just. Nope. No. In the subsequent years, Colin ends up going on various travel mm-hmm. abroad. He goes to the continent. And he's just back and forth between London and his various explorations mm-hmm. for several years. And these are all the years that Lady Whistledown is doing her publications. Because um, at this point in the in the story, we already know from the first two seasons of the show that Penelope is Lady Whistledown. Mm-hmm. But even at the start of this book, if you have never seen the show, you don't know who Lady Whistledown is mm-hmm. yet. Um, the Julia Quinn does a really good job in the first three books of not revealing or giving any indications whatsoever. Yeah. But it's Penelope. And so that's, that's what, how she's been killing the time. Mm-hmm. So we fast forward and she is 28 years yeah. old, I think. It's been 11 years. Mm-hmm. And Colin is recently returned from Cyprus. Yeah. And um, everyone is getting ready to go to like the big Bridgerton ball. Right? Yeah. It's like a birthday celebration, I think, for Violet. Yeah. And it's just kind of boring. It really is because, like, nothing happens at all. But they have this, like, oh, my gosh, Colin's back. And then you kind of get the impression that Colin's like, I'm, like, 33 now. I got to settle down. I'm, like, yeah. missing my family. Um, But, like, that's it. Yeah. So <laughs> Colin comes back. <laughs> he goes to the ball. Penelope's at the ball. She's, have, she's like, more secure in herself. This is what we talked about a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. She gets to choose her own dresses. She gets to eat whatever the fuck she wants to eat at these oh, balls. Oh, God. Um, Best part. <laughs> and so she runs into Colin, and they have, like, a nice conversation, like, a good back and forth. And mm-hmm. Colin's like, oh, Penelope, you're interesting. Mm-hmm. And we kind of get to this, like, almost mentorship by Lady Danbury, who has, like, decided that Penelope's, like, her project almost. Yeah. And it's kind of weird, though, because we are told that Lady Danbury is, like, doing that, but it almost, like, you don't see evidence of it. No, it's just because there's not very many interactions between the two. They're just at this ball, and Lady Danbury's like, I like you, and Penelope's like, I guess I like you, too. Yeah. Let's be friends. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, uh, Penelope is, like, yeah, I do feel like more confident because there's some line that Lady Danbury tells her, like, um, it's like, like we even surprise ourselves sometimes or like, uh, yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. And so like Penelope all of a sudden like starts embodying that. And it's like, yeah. I don't know if one conversation is enough like mentorship to just all of a sudden feel yeah. comfortable. But now she starts being snarky. And then Colin's like, oh, she's a little bit witty. But the first whole bit, he's like, because, OK, so that's the confusing thing. This switches between. It's like it's third person third. omnipotent. Yeah. So it goes back and forth between Colin and like Penelope as far as who's the perspective is leaning towards. It's confusing. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah. Like, I think it has been done well in other books, but like, this is just kind of. Because it's like mid scene and it'll switch and it's like, oh, I'm in boy brain now. Okay. Yeah. What? <laughs> I do love there's this moment after. Colin and Penelope have this cute little witty back and forth. And he's like, huh, I kind of want to dance with her. I did like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, uh, let's let's 
let's take a turn about the room and let's mm-hmm. go for a waltz. And Penelope's like, you don't have to dance with me, dude. Like, we're over that now. And like, he gets pissed off. <laughs> I love that part. Too. And, yeah, and Penelope's <laughs> like, no, really, you don't have to dance with me anymore. Like, you're, I'm a spinster. I'm on the shelf. And he, he gets so angry. And I thought that was actually such a like true to life, like yeah. back and forth between men and women where mm-hmm. women are like, you don't have to do that, bud. Like I like it's the assumption that the the woman knows what he's thinking. Uh-huh. And he's like, you have no idea what I'm thinking. <laughs> like, like I want to dance with you. <laughs> it's almost like breaking the fourth wall. And I feel like that kind of makes like men in particular uncomfortable with that. They're like, no, like you're not allowed to just like break the dialogue we have going on here. Like, how dare you pretend to know what I'm thinking? You yeah. don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. It's funny that he's so indignant about it, but it's like kind of like, oh, <laughs> yeah. But in her response to like actually accepting and be like and apologizing later, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sorry, I should have said yes. That was kind of you to ask me to dance. Like, mm-hmm. it was a very mature back and forth. Yeah. Whereas in some other like scenarios, it kind of it would turn into a miscommunication. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. so. it was very mature like you said yeah yeah and then we get to the big plot point which is in the mm-hmm. middle of this ball lady danbury is bored and is like you <laughs> go ahead finish it uh lady danbury uh i think they're even like commenting they're like god the last two seasons have been like really fucking boring like what the fuck are we even doing here and yeah. lady danbury is like i bet one thousand pounds to whoever can find the identity of uh w- not Featherington, uh Whistledown. Whistledown. Uh and she kind of announces it and everybody like panics and are like, Oh my god, who do you think it is? And like but I guess I have no concept of what a thousand pounds would be like back then. Cause I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's probably like ten thousand dollars. God damn, okay. So it's a decent damn. amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um I do like uh, when Lady Danbury asks, like, how many great mysteries of life are there? Yeah. And Colin says, oh, 42. Because <laughs> yeah, that's from a movie, right? It's from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, I was immediately, like, pulled out. I'm like, this is a sci-fi re- reference? Yeah, like, a Regency it's, a romance? Very, it's a very sly <laughs> reference. Uh, uh, so that was that was clever. I, who wrote the book? I don't remember. Um, I don't know either. Because I want to say it's a guy that has a very, like, two first name name. Yeah. Uh, the Hitchhiker. Hitch Hiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I've never seen the movie. I've never read the book. I just know the 42 reference. Douglas Adams. Oh. I would not have thought. Oh, it was originally a radio comedy broadcast? What? I don't think I like that. Hmm. I saw the movie. It was okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Back but to I kind of, <laughs> uh, like, I like the canon kind of, like, conception of that, that Colin knows about sci-fi no things scene. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah that actually fits yeah that it's kind of fun um yeah so announces this bet chaos ensues and yeah yeah that's pretty much <laughs> it so the next day penelope is scheduled to have tea at number five which is the alternate bridgerton house mm-hmm. and as she's on her way to tea she runs into colin who's kind of walking across the square and he like is joking with her and like attempts to like dance with her in public and oh, she's yeah. like dude no like, <laughs> just stop yep and he's like, but why? We're friends. Like, this is fun. And she's like, it's fun for you, but it would not be fun for me. Mm-hmm. And like, that's his first moment of like, oh, um, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And like, there's this really dumb line where, <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not dumb because I, I think it's valid where he says, oh, Penelope isn't popular. And like, I actually like being liked, mm-hmm. which is so true. Who yeah. doesn't like being liked? Um, and it's like his internal realization that, oh, my 
perception of Penelope is not the same as other people's. Mm-hmm. And also, like, she's not had the same blessings that I've had. Yeah. It was a really real moment because I don't think a lot of people have the frame of mind to make a like realization like that they're like no like what are you talking about like you're fine like and oh i'm not that popular like what are you talking about like it was a very real moment that he's like oh yeah i guess people do like me and they're kind of dickheads to you like fuck i'm sorry (laughs) this may not be the most like like socially acceptable comparison but i feel like girls especially um have this experience with other girls Mm, like so mm -hmm. if you're in a girl group uh, especially like teenagers or like young early 20s and you all go out shopping together Mm -hmm. every girl is a different body type right and if one girl's like oh here try this i wear this and it's so cute on me like you would love it too and like the girl's like uh no like are uh, you are you fucking kidding like, like look at me look at you right <laughs> this is real so yeah <laughs> as someone that is six feet tall i've had that uh, experience before <laughs> girl if i wore that dress it would be a shirt <laughs> <laughs> yep it's fine yeah everything's fine yep. but that's it's that experience yeah it reminds me uh i don't know that you've seen this but it's like an instagram reel so there's a lot of things now where people get interviewed just like randomly on the street about like random things and mm-hmm. they'll be like oh rate this person on a scale one to ten and so it's um, the Taylor Swift edition, like their outfits for the eras mm-hmm. tour or whatever. And this girl, um, she's like, uh, oh, I would rate it like an eight. Like my outfit's kind of cute. And it's like the sequence rainbow jumpsuit. And mm-hmm. it's like cute, but kind of like odd. And she's like, oh, I'd give it a seven. And then they flash to someone else and they're like, oh, like, what would you rate this girl's outfit? And she's like, oh, I'd say it's like a seven. And the original girl comes on screen and she's like, that's pretty fucking audacious. Speaking, you told me it looked cute at the store when we bought it together. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh. So that's like the equivalent of this. Like, yeah. I would be so fucking Those mad. are not girl, like, true friends yeah. that uh, also do that. Not a girl's girl. No. Yeah. Ugh, fuck those girls. Mm-hmm. Um, some people think that Ariana Grande isn't a girl's girl. Did you hear about that? Uh, No. We're getting so off topic. It's okay. <laughs> I love celebrity gossip for whatever reason. <laughs> so when Ariana Grande- Okay, wait. I'm going to interrupt for a second. <laughs> That's fair. Just, just for you readers, um, for everyone listening, Katie is one of the most intelligent- <laughs> women i know like and have ever met in my life i adore that you have this awesome balance of like being okay with liking stuff like that because some people get so up in their own business with like i'm an intellectual yeah like kitty like you (laughs) your level of math is so far beyond what i can comprehend like yeah anyway it's probably the autism speaking but (laughs) (laughs) anyway i too love this please Mm -hmm. yeah so celebrity gossip ariana grande was filming wicked um with her co uh, actor uh the guy who played in the spongebob musical there's a got musical a, i know girl guy has a weird face he's married has a newborn so there was a bunch of little like whispers about them like you know going out on dinners and stuff and then it came out that they were like hooking up the wife was like i had no fucking idea and so they got divorced the kid or whatever in the most savage fucking line i could imagine the wife is like Ariana Grande isn't a girl's girl because they had conversations. They went out to double dates with their other spouses Ooh. while they were fucking crazy, right? Ooh. But like, what a savage! Like, Ooh. she's not a girl's girl. Like, you know, everything you, is encapsulated. Like, yeah. you know exactly what kind of girl if, that is. If you get called out like that, no, you have. And we all know girls. Yeah. Like that. Yep. Ooh, savage. We are. I like to think we're girls girls here. I think so. And I hope our readers are girls girls. Yeah. 
Because girl on girl violence makes me so fucking angry. Yeah. And there's a little bit of it in this book. Like, not as much as I think some other, like, Regency romance kind of, like, fall into. Because mm-hmm. there's the whole, like, Cressida, Penelope thing. But, like, girl on girl violence, like, we're in the 21st fucking century. Like, no more. Yeah, over <laughs> stupid shit. Like, who's yeah. prettier? Like, no. Yeah, stop. or, like, boys and stuff. Like, Ugh, fuck boys, God. man. <laughs> there's more important stuff to fight about. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Gossip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, yeah. But anyways, uh, tangent, uh, not a Where girl's did, girl. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Where were we? <laughs> I have no idea. They were talking. Oh, uh, Colin saying like, yeah, I like being well liked. And oh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Sorry. They, they go to tea. It's fine. Everything is jovial. And Colin begins to, to suspect that Eloise mm-hmm. is um, Lady Whistledown. Now, I have beef. Mm. Um, well, not beef, because I thought this was <laughs> her like arms around her. Sh- uh, <laughs> She's like, I got beef. Uh. <laughs> so I wish she had she being Julia Quinn had kind of gotten into this more as far as like who is being suspected of being Lady Whistledown, mm. because I think there's a tendency to assume that someone as successful as Lady Whistledown, um, who can make this witty commentary and make this amount of money, um, has to be someone who is smart and popular and pretty yeah and like the fact that colin never once suspects penelope mm-hmm. really that's kind of because who else would have access to that kind of information yeah you know what i mean and i think that's even in the netflix series like that's a whole thing that mm-hmm. like she's like well i like being a wallflower because you hear what everyone says exactly but i mean and that's also why lady whistledown has been successful because no one's paid attention to penelope mm-hmm. over the years so of course she's gotten away with it but the very fact that colin never suspects her that no one else suspects penelope yeah. like even eloise doesn't suspect her it's like a way of writing off someone who's like plain and yeah. doesn't get the popularity that these other characters do yeah because they even suspect lady danbury and it's like nah she would say it to your face like she wouldn't need mm-hmm. to write it down in a column like yeah. Mm. So good move on the author's part for making everyone not suspect her because that fits. Mm-hmm. I just wish she had like played more into that to mm-hmm. emphasize how well Penelope played everything off. Yeah. Cause it'd be a cute interaction, I think, in one of those like he actually sees me moments mm-hmm. if Colin like Put when they're the all talking together. about it is like, oh Penelope, like what if you're a lady whistle down? And it's like a everyone talks about like the merits of that or something. It'd be like a fun, like that's what I was that's what I was thinking when like Penelope deserves someone better than Colin. She yeah. deserves someone who could have pieced that together without seeing the physical evidence in front of their face, which yeah. we'll get to a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But like someone smart enough to like observe her without her knowing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, a better version of her romance would be if there's someone else that comes in that maybe isn't like a lord or anything, like a mister, mm-hmm. right? As if they're like lesser. Um, and he is like from some other thing, but it has to come in for like a season or two. And he like watches her and he's like, I'm a little bit suspect of you. Like, mm-hmm. you just kind of hang out and listen to things. And like, I'm very intrigued by that. And she's like panicking because she's never had to have someone like notice her. That would be like a better. And then Colin's just like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't trust him. This could have been a great love triangle. <gasps> yeah. Ugh. And I, I've never uttered those words. I know. But like, in but this specific situation. It needed something else. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Like uh, the guy that they originally set up Kate with. The, like, doctor. I don't even remember. Um, from the second season of Bridgerton. Uh, I've seen it so many times. <laughs> the, like, doctor guy is just kind of, like... Oh, yeah. The maybe. Oxford friend or something. That would be, like, an interesting, like... Oh. But, yeah. yeah. Anyways, sorry. Nobody can compete with the Bridgerton men, apparently. I... Ugh. 
Yeah. That I'm big mad. Sorry. No. <laughs> reasonable entirely. Yeah. Uh yeah. Mm. So people suspect Eloise. Um, and then they have another T. Like again, th- mm-hmm. this is the plot. Ball, T, T, ball. Uh, <laughs> ball T. <laughs> ball T. <laughs> anyway why are we like this i don't know we suffered through this book okay Mm -hmm. so while she is at tea for the second time penelope in like the sitting room and she spies this book lying open on a table and it's a journal and she's like i shouldn't look at that but i'm really intrigued and so she like (laughs) i almost said waddles over (laughs) Oh my god! I mean, when I'm trying to be like, like, uh, a, like a penguin, like just kind of like yeah. scoot a little bit, um, inconspicuous. I like my body always gets super awkward, and yeah. it's like okay, you become gonna... the most conspicuous <laughs> yeah. person. Uh, yeah, ignore the penguin in the room. <laughs> yeah. So Penelope like basically convinces herself to go read this journal, mm-hmm. and so she goes to this journal, realizes, oh shit, this is Colin's writing. He's writing about his trips overseas. And she's like, oh, this is actually really good. And she's not biased at all because she's totally not in in love love with him. Fuck that. And so she's opening and reading this journal and then the door opens and Colin walks in and he's understandably furious about her like invading his privacy and reading this shit and like i would be mad too like that's not okay don't do that Um, i'd be embarrassed yeah but he kind of gets over it really fast yep which that's like that whole phrase of like try to have the confidence of like young 20s white man where they're like oh yeah i have the confidence to do anything and like women always kind of doubt themselves. This is that exactly. Because Colin was all like nervous about it. And then he's like, wait, you think it's good? And he's like, yeah, it is good, huh? He somehow <laughs> injures himself. I Yeah, he like cuts his hand open. Yeah. So like they're arguing. He gets injured. She helps him like repair his hand or something. I actually loved her response in this moment where like he injures his hand and he's bleeding everywhere. And she's like, you're going to be fine. <laughs> Let's actually talk. About, <laughs> let's talk about your writing. I did love that. Yeah, that was that was cute. Like that's what I mean. Penelope as a character is so likable mm-hmm. and so relatable. I yeah. just wish she had gotten better. Yeah. Um, Penelope and, deserves better. Yeah. Rewrite, please. <laughs> anyway, so he ends up getting over his anger and yeah. Did you like my writing? I liked your writing. It's great. Mm. Uh, you need to do something with this. And then somehow. Penelope asks Colin to kiss her. Oh, it's like a couple days after this. He like goes to visit her and he's even like, wow, I've like never had any cause to go visit Penelope, but now I'm doing it for like a second time or whatever. And it's to like ask her something and then they like have tea. And then at the end, Penelope's like, um, this is kind of awko, but like, I also don't want to die without having ever kissed anyone. And like, she's kind of real for that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally understandable. <laughs> and so they have this very like, I don't even... This is the first, like, intimate moment, yeah. I guess. But it kind of... um. Tell me if I'm, like, off the chain here, but, like, it kind of felt like he only liked it that much because he's also, like, a repressed Regency man and he can't just, like, you know, hook up with women. Yeah. But, like, he can, but, like, can't. Because it was all of a sudden, like, this kiss was the point that he's, like, a I, Penelope I, obsessed. Yeah, I'm like, committed. And it's, like, I don't know, like kissing's nice but like not what the fuck are they doing in this regency land that like (laughs) well and that's kind of part of the trope right like the first kiss is like obviously this kicks everything off like oh my god i love you or i'm so attracted to you and so that's what happens yeah um so they kiss for the first time and then they break off and colin's like (sighs) sitting there reeling like oh my god i actually really like this woman and she's super hot and she's sitting there like (laughs) thinking he only kissed me because he feels sorry for me oh sad um and so 
I, he leaves. He like storms out. Yeah, like he's embarrassed or, or flustered or something. Like yeah. his mind is all over the place. Yeah. And um, yeah, because I feel like it'd be better if Penelope was like that was kind of mid, and then it started the love triangle where she's oh, like, oh, that's a yeah, update. where she's like, oh, I thought this would be like life altering, but like. Can you imagine the setup where, like, you set these two characters up, they have their first kiss, and then the the heroine is like, uh. <laughs> that was okay. And then she falls out of love with Colin. Yeah, but then Colin falls in love, and then, like, there's uh, another dude that hops on the scene. Hell yeah. Let's write that. Uh, Shonda Rhimes, please just listen Make to this happen. and adjust some things. I know it's already finished, like, filming, and it's probably moments from being released, but also. Colin, <laughs> Penelope deserves better. Colin looks like a Labrador retriever yeah. in the show. Oh, girl. Okay. You know what? We talked about it before. You have to look at these pictures from the... Because there's the pictures they released for season three, and then everyone um, saw this, like, paparazzi picture. Um, oh, Colin, angry. There was this paparazzi picture that, like, came out that was way better because it's, like, him mad mugging the camera. And it's, like, kind of hot in that, like, angry man way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Certain... I'm trying to find it. Um Season three. I'm looking at all the like, season three pictures. I just, he looks so weird. I know he does. Why am I like not finding it? These are like mid-tier. Oh my God. But there's a picture of her where like the <gasps> light, the light is darkened and she's wearing this blue dress and she yeah. kind of looks like she's crying. Fucking incredible, right? Oh yep. my God. Uh, okay. So this is the one they released is like the picture. Oh yeah. I've um, It's it. a very like mid picture of him like looking off in the distance. He has like adjusted lamb chops. Um, but there's another one from this same like time frame where he's like mean mugging the fuck out of the camera and it's like, oh <laughs> you know, one of those Man like, anger. Okay. <laughs> um, I gotta find this. I'm sorry. Paparazzi. How do you spell paparazzi? Sure. I'm not doing that on the recording. <laughs> That's fair. Girl, if I find it, I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, fans or like readers. Wow, fans. That's getting full oh, of myself. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think we're quite there yet. I don't no. know that we'll ever be there. I, yeah, I don't want to ever be there. No. Um, fellow readers, because this is a... Um, this is a family. A, yeah, democracy, a union. Um, if you find this picture before I do, which 100% chance of happening, can you please send it to Jordan? Because like, please. she needs to see the picture. <laughs> <laughs> I think the world needs he to see need, this picture. I need to... This character needs to be redeemed because yeah. I just... Uh, maybe... I don't know. Maybe it's the hair, whatever. Anyway, yeah. Colin. Um, so they kiss. There's another ball that happens. Um, where I'm really glossing over this. Oh, well, I mean, nothing happens. Like you're I, not glossing over anything. Yeah. So okay. Because <laughs> I don't know what happens. Like, what's the next plot point? Okay. So they go to the they go to a second ball. It's Countess of Macclesfield or something like oh, that. God, that's better than I could have tried. I want oh, to, this one. Okay. Yeah. So. And at this ball, uh, Cressida Trowley, mm -hmm. uh, mean girl number one, uh, announces. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> mean girl number one. <laughs> she announces that she is, in fact, Lady Whistledown. And everyone's like, this bitch, really? <laughs> I... <laughs> and it's kind of sad, too, because they describe her as still, like, beautiful. But I guess she married some, like, older dude mm. who was lying to people. And he wasn't actually that rich. And he has a bunch of debts. And so she's, like, still popular, but, like, saddled with debt. Yeah. <laughs> this is the blonde girl in the show who kind of has like a pinched looking face. Yeah, with the like tight hair. I've never understood that phrase until I saw her and I was like, oh, 
oh, that's what that means. Yeah. Like a pinched face. So yeah. that's Cressida. Yeah. And she goes up to Lady Danbury, like, where's my money? And Lady Danbury's like, I don't think you're her. <laughs> and then Lady Danbury turns to Penelope. What do you think? And Penelope's like, eh, I would break my heart if this was Lady Whistledown, because I actually like Lady Whistledown. Mm-hmm. Savage. Yeah. Um. So that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Colin is like standing on the sidelines, like supporting her. I Yeah. I don't know. Okay. He's like, yeah, good job, bud. <laughs> Very like Ken. <laughs> yeah, he's a Ken doll. Yeah. It's it's cute. He's just there to help. So the ball ends and everyone goes home and Colin still wants to apologize to Penelope for the kiss incident or oh, something. Yeah. So he takes his carriage to the Featherington home and as he's pulling up, he sees Penelope by herself without a maid, a chaperone, etc., getting into a hired hack, is what they call them. I it's like a carriage taxi uh, oh okay 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 which like if you're a wealthy family you have your own carriage so mm. like that's why it's super sus mm-hmm. for the thank ah. you ah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was awesome you're coming in i'm trying i'm trying riz? to yeah sus oh my god this sus, is awesome sus feels more natural than riz riz feels yeah i don't ew. know that people actually like use riz yeah. like it's like kind of because they'll say like you know like w riz No, that's way too obscure to explain. Please continue. Okay. (laughs) I've already lost. Um, Oh, wait, before I continue, Uh there is a a dude I'm following on Instagram. I forget what his name is, but he does Gen Z Jane Austen. (gasps) Oh. I wonder if you've seen him. He's fucking hilarious. I might have. What is his name, please? I'll send it to you later. But if anyone uh-huh. knows what I'm talking about, he he has so many voices. <laughs> and, but he, I'll, oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> Readers, if you know who I'm talking about, please uh, just can keep following that person because he's amazing. Anyway, Colin sees Penelope in the hired carriage, says to his driver, follow that carriage. <laughs> <laughs> There's always one of these things, I know. Like... And so he follows the carriage, which goes into like the shitty part of London, basically, and finally stops at this old church. Mm-hmm. And so... Colin waits for Penelope to get out. She gets out. He gets out, follows her. And she goes into the middle pew of this mm-hmm. church and puts a packet of papers into a Bible. Mm-hmm. So he like strolls up, grabs papers, reads it. <laughs> Holy shit, it's Lady Whistledown. <laughs> um, yeah. This is supposed to be a way more significant scene. And it felt just kind of like anticlimactic. Um, yeah. I don't know. Because I, I don't know if it was the writing or the it was too dialogue heavy or like needed more emotion or something. But I was like, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, so Penelope runs away because obviously, yeah. except her hired carriage is gone. So she sits she sits on the church steps and waits for Colin. Colin mm-hmm. comes out and he's furious. And we kind of talked about this earlier. He gets her into his carriage and they drive away and he starts interrogating her. Like, do you know how dangerous this is? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, like, I roll. Yeah, Lady Whistledown's going to be hated by so many people. I'm like, would she really be hated? Okay, so that is an interesting point. Like, when I first read it, I didn't think about it at all. But now having our discussion. So it's interesting that Cressida prior to this had like revealed herself as a lady whistledown and there was like a lot of like rumblings and like people like you know oh my god but nobody was like mad at her or like had a riot or anything because she's popular and pretty exactly but the fact that colin also like is okay with that is like a like it irritated me like now that we've discussed it like he immediately was like, oh, Lady Whistledown made a lot of people mad and like you're going to be, you know, ousted from society. Like, do you know what you've done? Like, it's so dangerous. And it's like you talk to Cressida and like 
you weren't mad at her. Mm-hmm. So are you only mad at Penelope because you don't think that she's like pretty enough to be Lady, Lady Whistledown? Yeah. Like we're going to fight, bro. Like get out of the fucking carriage. Like we're going to throw hands. Except they have this little spat and then they start making out in the carriage. I Yeah, that was very confusing. Like, yeah, it was it was like uh, a few. St- it got it got real hot and heavy in the carriage and it like kind of gross. gross. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like it. No, and that's coming from two women who like we read Master of Crows. Yeah, okay. Yeah, come on. Yeah, and this felt yucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I could see it going well on like Netflix show. Though. Oh yeah, this yeah. this is a <laughs> like a story that's meant to be told yeah. on the screen. So he takes her home, gets her out of out of the carriage, and then like he stops with like aren't you gonna marry me yeah that was double confusing because like he was big mad at her and then all of a sudden he was like horny and then he's like okay we're gonna get married and i thought that they would have some kind of like discussion after this of like a profession of love and like an explanation of like why all of a sudden no he just like was on board with it and then they were making like wedding plans yeah and it's like that's it what (laughs) uh i mean that's kind of what like they do in this era like oh i compromised a decent woman like but like nobody caught them like that was just him deciding because then he like ran inside and they were having like a featherington family meeting and he like basically is like i'm gonna marry her and that was the irritating thing so like miss featherington portia i think Mm -hmm. is the mom she's like oh my god like you mean felicity and like she's like penelope like go downstairs and like uh go get something you know colin and Mm -hmm. felicity are gonna sit in here and like it took her like three or four pages to like come to the realization that it was Penelope and like as someone that has like a little bit of like mommy problems going on that triggered the fuck out of me like are you that just like fucking oblivious oblivious? yeah I just don't think we need like it did not need to go as far as it did no I think it was it was overdone it was excessive like we've already established that Portia does not think of her daughter penelope in the same way that she thinks for other daughters yeah um it was solely a device to make the reader feel even more sorry for penelope Mm -hmm. and like to make colin look like a good dude it was a way to frame him as being like the savior hero and it was just so stupid yeah because colin has like a little temper tantrum and he's like i am talking about penelope and it's like i don't need him to save her and i don't need the mom to be a bitch like can we just have like a somewhat reasonable like oh Penelope. Especially okay. because Penelope has a somewhat decent relationship with her mother. Yeah. Up until this point, like, come on. That's why it felt very, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, yeah. everything, ugh. It's <laughs> I'm very, getting, like, more mad. <laughs> so they announced their engagement. It's fine. They, Everyone's, like, gossiping and confused or whatever why they're engaged. There's they, a good interaction between Eloise and um, Penelope where I thought it was a very smart comment where Eloise was like, you know, I always thought we would just be spinsters together. And I think I thought that was very real Mm -hmm. because that's something that I think a lot of people experience as their friends and like close siblings get married or find their partners in life um, to feel left out and that kind of floundering. Mm -hmm. So I like liked Eloise in that moment. I thought that was very real. Mm hmm. And I feel like Eloise is a girl's girl. She is. Because she has the moment of like, I always thought we were going to be spinsters together, but like, you're like bursting with happiness and like, I respect that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was I'm a ha- very like, oh. It was like, a, I'm happy for, that you're happy. Yeah. Yeah. But also like acknowledging the fact that uh, this oh, isn't no. great for me. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't wait for Eloise's story. I know. Hers sounds like fun. Yeah. Because especially like immediately following this, uh, she like falls ill. And I'm like making like air quotes around that because she basically just like hides in her room for 
a week. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what happened in Eloise's story that she's just like hanging out in her bedroom for a week. Yeah. Because they like make comments that she like eats giant trays of food. So she's like not sick sick. So like, yeah, what? she's just, <laughs> she's kind of wallowing, I yeah. think, in her circumstances. See, that's what I want to know. Like, why is she wallowing? Maybe we'll get that at the show. Mm, because so. we oh. they had a falling out, Eloise and Penelope. Oh, they did at the, did end. At the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, so engagement happens. Mm. Everyone's pretty okay with it. Um, and then Penelope goes forward and still publishes her Lady Whistledown um, her, notice. Like, retire. Or she said that she was retired. That was the last Lady Whistledown. And, and then, then she's like, nope, I'm not, like, I am not Cressida Trolley. Like, mm-hmm. it would break my heart, blah, 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 blah. And, like, the break my heart line yeah. is, like, the key there. Um, and, and so, yeah, Colin gets furious that she he she went behind his back to publish the because it's awkward because they're like at their engagement party and then like the publisher apparently decided to like do it early. Yeah, and so they like run through the engagement ball and the whole time Penelope's like fuck yeah, but she's <laughs> like I don't regret it. Uh, yeah, also, uh, <sighs> yeah. So he's pissed, but it's fine because um, they still go forward with their wedding. Mm-hmm. They get married. Yeah. Cressida uh, is like, oh, um, I'm not dumb. I put the pieces together. Yeah. Penelope, you're obviously laid a whistle down. Cressida tries to, I'm rolling through what happens yeah. here. <laughs> uh, Cressida tries to blackmail Penelope into, uh, I guess, about the lady whistle down thing. Yeah. It's like, um, I'm going to tell everyone that you're lazy lady whistle down unless you give me 10,000 pounds, which like, that's like a lot yeah, of money. A lot of money, yeah. Because even Penelope kind of comments that that's more than she made as Lady Whistledown. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, but she just got married. Oh, so they got married mm-hmm. in between the blackmail thing. Yeah. And- that was the crazy thing, too, is like it just jumped forward. So they had the engagement and then, oh, they're happily married and like they're having sex all the time and life is great. And then yeah, there's a comes. whole chapter where they have sex and like we both skipped it. Yeah. Because it was like at the engagement ball or something. It was something like. It's just like the, gross. It's at the 67% mark of the book. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty accurate for most of these. Oh, I do want to talk about, I did not like the fact that she was like, um, he was trying to, so this is like kind of like a gross, like I feel gross talking about it, but he's like, oh, like it's going to like hurt. And she's like, I don't care. Like it won't hurt because like if you enjoy it, like I'm going to enjoy it. And that's such a like uh, suspect, like gross thing for an adult woman to put into a book. Like that is not something you tell kids like. No. No fucking way. Like you need to be respectful of boundaries. And like if something doesn't feel good, you need to be able to communicate uh, that. Yeah, articulate that. Yeah. Like, so, there are ways around it. Yeah. So the fact that she's just like, no, it's going to be like amazing because like you're here and like I love you. It's like, no, let's maybe like have a realistic conversation that this maybe mm-hmm. not won't feel good at first. But that's <laughs> so true of like women uh, in that era like weren't educated about their own sexuality yeah. and like how it works and everything like and you see that in the first two like shows too mm-hmm. where they really touch on that so it's yeah. just like okay i just think like julia quinn like if she's gonna have colin be like respectful of like hey it's not gonna feel good like she didn't have to have penelope be so like besotted about it mm-hmm. i think it would have been like a healthier thing for like you I, know what i mean no i agree 100 yeah. percent. i also wish colin being the nice guy that he's mm-hmm. portrayed to be shouldn't have done anything in the fucking carriage yeah like boundaries dude yep. like this is a respectable woman who's also been your friend for over a decade yeah. and that's what you're gonna do to her like you're, in a carriage yeah especially when you guys were just having like a really heated argument too and you're basically saying that like you're telling her that her life's work is not stupid but like dangerous and she yeah. shouldn't have done it like, like there's passion but there's also like respect and intelligence and yeah. all sorts of stuff that 
you know, should factor into your decision making. Yeah. And like they make it a big thing in all the Netflix shows that like the guys always know, like she is naive. She's a Mm -hmm. lady. Like she doesn't know anything. Like this is on me. I'm being a dumbass. But like he doesn't ever have that like respectful boundaries thing. Mm -hmm. He just like really heavily makes out with her and like pulls her dress down too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, I'm going to marry you because he didn't even like really ask her. He's like, okay, we're going to get married. We're getting married, right? Yeah. It's like Like the assumption that she is no one else to like. Yeah. I. Problems. Yep. 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 So Cressida tries to blackmail her. Um, Thankfully, there's no miscommunication going on here because Penelope goes straight to Colin. Colin's like, I'll handle it. Mm. It's the first time he actually shows something decent. Yeah. And he comes up with this plan. They hold another party, another ball. Mm -hmm. So three balls. Three balls and two teas. (laughs) Three balls, two teas. (laughs) And with the help of his family, he announces to the world that his wife is Lady Whistledown and he's over the moon about it. And she's beautiful and intelligent and witty. And like, Mm -hmm. don't you love that she's Lady Whistledown? Because I do too. The end. Oh, wait. There's an epilogue. I don't even think I read the epilogue. Yeah, you don't need to because the entire <laughs> epilogue is Colin gets to publish his travel journal and an Englishman in Italy. That's the end. Nice. Dumb. Okay, great. Because yeah. what bothered me too about the announcement, so this was a ball that Daphne threw and it's like talked about in the book that she doesn't throw balls often, but she goes like off the chain when mm-hmm. she like does an actual ball. And so it was just like annoying that he kind of like co-opted like Daphne's whole thing. Yeah. Like- She's, like, popping out kids and having the time of her life. Like, you don't have to, like, take her thing. Like, you couldn't have thrown a different There's ball. There's just so many issues with, like, the, yeah. Like, Lady Whistledown could have published a final thing, you know, announcing her own identity. Yeah. Like, come at me, bitch. Yeah, like, if you, yeah. That would be more, like, believable, too. Because yeah. now we have the same problem. Like, Lady Cressida also said that she was Lady Whistledown. Mm-hmm. Like, is this just part two of <sighs> someone proclaiming that they are when they're not? Yeah. Like, are we all just going to believe it's that? It's like they ra- she, she, <laughs> wrapped, she wrapped it up just to wrap it up, yeah. it seems like. But that's it. That's, that's the whole book. <laughs> we spent half an hour talking about our like issues and complaints and 40 minutes talking about the plot. And that's yeah. it. We Readers, we planned two episodes mm-hmm. for this for this book. Yeah, but it was just so mid. Yeah, Penelope deserved better. She deserved a better book and she deserved a better love interest. I'm just going to believe in my head that Colin, that the whole like she had the kiss. She's like, that's kind of mid. And then some other guy like pops up from out of town and he's like kind of like, you're interesting. I like you. And she's like, I don't know how to react to that. And then Colin's like, oh, my God, like, but I love you, Penelope, because we had this kiss and it was like life altering for me. And Penelope's like, I don't care for you. Like, I loved you for however many years and you did not give me the time of day. And then she falls in love with this other guy who's like, I think it's hot as fuck that you're Lady Featherington. And then they uh, live together in happiness. I like that story so much better. <laughs> that was Penelope's yeah, story. Yeah, that, that's what Penelope's story should be. So yeah. let's hope that Shonda Rhimes comes <gasps> yeah. at it with her magic. Yeah. yeah. And she will, I like, know. obviously. But yeah, that that is Romancing Mr. Bridgerton by Julia Quinn. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not the biggest fans. This is not this is not a hate on Julia Quinn yeah. uh, like pod. This is a this is not the best book she's ever written. Mm-hmm. And the story could have been better. Yeah. Because the writing style, that's why I think why we could both finish this book mm-hmm. is because the writing is fantastic. Yeah. It's smart. It's witty. The dialogue is great. The characters, like, we didn't like all the characters, but mm-hmm. you understand the characters. Yeah. Um, and so many books, I think, in this that are just getting spit out yeah. lack the substance of good writing. Yeah. Because I think there's a difference between, like, not loving the plot that someone came up with and then not 
liking the like riding of it where it's like very immature or clunky or doesn't work yeah but that's the opposite like we just didn't like the plot points that happened Mm -hmm. and i feel like everyone's gonna have an opinion about how a plot progresses Mm -hmm. and this one just didn't work for us yeah exactly and that speaks to like the quality of a good writer Mm -hmm. like if you can write a bad plot and people still read it yeah the fact that we read 472 (laughs) pages of something we didn't like exactly (laughs) so yeah Mm-hmm. Overall, we might still dabble in some Regency, yes. some historical romance. Well, we have the Queen of Regency sitting here at this table with us. That sounded like <sighs> we were fair. doing a seance or something, but it's you. <laughs> you are the Queen of Regency. The Queen of Regency. I do like that title. Thank you. I need yep. a tiara now. Mm-hmm. Um, fair. We need to dress up for one of these pods. <gasps> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so I don't know if it'll ever happen so we can talk about it on the pod. Um, I was talking to my partner about doing like a video. Um, Me and Jordan have discussed it tentatively. We'll see what happens because like, wow, video cameras like don't love that. (laughs) And uh, he recommended that we just dress up as like, you know, a costume or a character and then not discuss it at all through the video. I love that. So it's like people just assume we're just like dressing up. That's how we look all (laughs) the time. This is how we operate in real life. (laughs) I'm just a pirate. I'm gonna show up in a bonnet <laughs> and bring no attention company. to it. <laughs> I want to dress up in one of those giant like duck costumes. Oh my god! Can't wait. Oh, yeah, it's like I'm not a furry. I swear. <laughs> Things I never Anyways. thought would come out of your mouth. I am not a furry. <sighs> yeah, and that could be our episode. <laughs> <laughs> you make it through the whole episode, and you're like, I have not discussed furries at all. Where is this? Yeah. <laughs> Yep, there we go. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, from our shelf to yours. We'll see you on the next page. Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram. Or if you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday and Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. Thanks for listening. Bussin'. <laughs>